You're listening to the Patriot Nation Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Matt St. Jean here, host of the Patriot Nation podcast, brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of CLNS Media Network. Sign up now at fanduel.com slash Boston. Just me tonight. No Pat Lane. Sorry to disappoint everybody. As the Patriots come off their preseason finale in Tennessee, a uh, slow loss. 23 to 7 at the hands of the Tennessee Titans. Preseason's over, training camp is over. The games start to matter after this one. Um and yeah, it was a, a slog of a game with not a lot of important players playing for the Patriots and who didn't play may have told us a little bit more <laughs> about who's going to be on this roster than who did play, which we're going to get into uh in a sec here, I'm going to start. i got a couple of takeaways from tonight's game. We're going to look at this preseason training camp as a whole and see where this roster stands, and then go through the roster position by position. It's a little shorter episode tonight with uh, just me and no Pat. I'm going to hit on all the points from tonight's loss. The Patriots finished the preseason one and two. My first big takeaway from tonight, I think Calvin Munson has earned himself a roster spot. Number 43, the backup linebacker who's been on and off the team here, bounced around the league a little bit. He has looked rock solid. He's a core special teamer. He picked up an interception, was running around on defense, doing a lot for this team. I have a hard time believing that they're going to move on from him after this. What this means for other players at the linebacker position, I think, uh, is an open question at this point. That's something we're going to have to find out. But Munson played extraordinarily well this preseason and I think was one of the standouts on defense you also add in what he can do in the kicking game and as a guy I I can't imagine that Bill Belichick of all people is going to be leaving off the roster and it's nice to see a guy like him break through a guy like I said who has bounced around uh, he's in his fifth year in the NFL now um, and he's grown a lot as a player you can see he had that play where he Got the blow up a run, firing downhill, making the tackle in the backfield as the Patriots were stopping that almost first team Titans offense right at the start of the game. Super impressive to see him making plays like that out there next to Marty Mapu, the two of them playing together. So big night for Calvin Munson. Thrilled to see this for him. And I, I think they're gonna have a hard time leaving him off that 53-man roster. Uh, uh, another, uh, it's going over to the offensive side of the ball, though. Things things were not quite as good. Uh, this offensive line is a big question mark right now, and I think that's highlighted by the loss of Riley Reef to injury during the game. His right leg got rolled up on, and he went to the blue medical tent there, you know, the pop-up tent on the sideline, and then back to the locker room, and that's not what you want to be seeing from a guy who's going to be making a, a somewhat significant amount of money to play somewhere on that offensive line for you this season, and you have other guys hurt already. Not what you want to see, and the backups did not look good. The offense as a whole did not look good tonight. Was not very productive. You know, the seven points coming off of a turnover. Bailey Zappi had three fumbles tonight, I believe. Things just looked disjointed. They really barely moved the ball at all, and not a not a great way to head into the regular season for what was what was the backup offense that's that's kind of the 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 thing that makes you feel better about it here is that those weren't starters for the most part the guys you saw out there tonight are guys who are going to be only seeing limited snaps in the regular season but that offensive line we have no idea who's going to be playing at any point this season uh lots of stuff still in the air on that that position front when you get more into that one a little bit later in the episode but yeah i think that's got to be the core takeaway on offense and going back over to the defensive side of the ball we've seen jack jones play a lot this preseason obviously he has his off-field issues still awaiting that hearing in boston for bringing guns into the airport at logan and that whole thing i think knowing that 
he may miss some time in the preseason. They have asked him to do a lot. He's been on the field in for significant snaps in all three preseason games, and he's been up and down, and you saw that again tonight. I don't think he's looked bad, but I do think he hasn't looked like a guy you can absolutely count on to be your number two corner. Um, and with a pair of really good receivers coming into town week one, and A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, and Jonathan Jones still sidelined by injury at this point, Jack Jones is a guy they're going to have to count on at some point. But I think seeing him step up from, again, like we said, up, up and down training camp in preseason is going to be something you, you really need to see for this defense to be as good as it'll need to be for the Patriots to be a playoff team. Um, and that's part of that comes with the style of play Jack Jones has. He's uh, a gambler. He likes to take his chances. And when he picks the ball, it works out for you. He can change games. The issue is that sometimes he, he doesn't make the right play. Sometimes he gambles a little bit too hard or he's just not quite in the right spot. He doesn't win because he's technically sound on every play. He wins because he has great ball skills and great instincts on when to you know, break on the ball, how to undercut receivers, how to play the ball at the catch point, which are all fantastic skills. But sometimes there are plays where he'll leave guys open. I think you saw that tonight against some Tennessee receivers that are down the depth chart for them and what's not a great receiving for. So I think kind of a situation to monitor, but, you know, it's a couple of plays in a preseason game. I'm not worried, worried, but it's not something you want to see from a guy who you expect, expect to be playing significant a significant role in your defense this season. Um, but preseason's done, training camp's done. I want to go through three ups and three downs from the last uh, six weeks here as a whole. And, and look at some of the overarching stories we've been following all throughout camp, the good and the bad. We'll start with the good. My first up here, Patriots rookie defenders have really all looked very good. You saw Keon White in the opener against Houston a couple weeks ago. He was dominant. There's no other way to put it against that Houston offensive line that had starters out there. And it's not the best offensive line, but that is that was a really good play from Keon White. Exactly what role he's going to play on this defense this year, I think that's something that's up in the air at this point. We're going to figure that out throughout the season. There's a lot of talent on the defensive line. Will he start? I don't know. He'll play significant snaps, though. That's for sure. I think he's already proven that he has crazy amounts of talent. He's very strong. Got a great work ethic coming from Georgia Tech. Very excited to see what he's going to do. And seeing him play like that against real NFL players on the Texans was awesome to see. Excited to see if he looks in the opener. Christian Gonzalez, your first-round pick, looked really solid all throughout the preseason. You know, he's made some really good tackles here and there. He's pitched in on special teams. He's mostly been really good in coverage. He was involved in a tip ball interception in Green Bay, which uh, – was flagged for defensive pass interference, but I don't think most people thought that that was defensive pass interference. So I think Gonzalez has been solid. Will he be able to handle AJ Brown week one? I think we're gonna we're gonna find out on that one. But he's looked about as good as you could have expected from a num number seventeen overall pick. Excited to actually see him get out there on the field in meaningful games. I think we've, he's passed all of his first tests. Let's get on to the big ones, Marty Mapu as a guy who has impressed coaches right from the get-go and his teammates right from the get-go, even without his, even with his red non-contact jersey on, he couldn't hit, couldn't be physical in training camp. And he was still leaving that kind of impression on the guys around him. He looked fantastic. Then we finally got to see him tonight. I thought he looked pretty good flying around, hitting guys, making tackles. I think he's only going to get better with experience. So I think Bill Belichick really knocked it out of the park with the first three picks. I think this is a defense that has a fantastic foundation, some really talented players, and one that should uh, not only just be good this year, but you're set up to be successful for, you know, three, four, five years into the future with the way it seems like the hit on the guys this year and some of the guys that they drafted last year, some of the guys they already had in the system. So absolutely love to see that. The flip side Second-year guys on offense. It's got to be down for them. And it's been real rough. You know, started at the top, Cole Strange. Haven't seen him much. He's been injured. Same for the guy you picked in the second run, Tyquan Thornton. He made a great catch against uh, Houston in your opener. Made a great catch, apparently, in joint practice with the Packers. Gets hurt in it. 
he hasn't been able to stay on the field. Two seasons in the NFL, he has not made it out of the second week of the preseason without injury in either one. He missed time in OTAs with some kind of a soft tissue injury, and these guys need to stay on the field. If you want to take a sophomore leap, you got to be on the field to get those reps to learn, to grow, and it's tough when your first two picks in the draft there don't have that opportunity. Uh, tough for them. You go further into the draft, you know, Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong, two running backs you drafted. Well, they, they signed Ezekiel Elliott, and there might only be a job for one of those two players this year. We'll see who gets it. There's a chance they cut them both. I doubt that they cut both, but it's not out of the realm of possibility here. Two guys I think you were hoping would take a leap. Pierre Strong kind of gets the the old James White red shirt, the, the fourth round running back. We'll see you next year. We'll have you pitch in. Oh, it's next year. And he was just playing deep into the fourth quarter of a preseason game. Not a great sign. That's not what you want. Um, he, he pitches in on special teams, but you don't draft him where you drafted him because you're looking for a special teamer. You're hoping you can get a guy who can be a, a bona fide number two back, at least behind Ramondre Stevenson. Haven't gotten that. And Bailey Zappi, I think he was very disappointing tonight. Um, kind of got called over to the sideline a couple times by Bill O'Brien, who's waiting for him with a real angry look on his face. Gets sent back out there in the second half for some uh, uh, most of the second half. He played quite a bit there. And I think he's a guy who he missed a lot of throws in the preseason. He wasn't always in the field. And if there were any questions about this being a quarterback competition, I think the last two weeks have all but silenced those. Zappi has not really taken a huge step forward here in his second year, and that's fine as a backup. But the second, if he, I mean, if Mac Jones gets hurt again and Bailey Zappi has to go in, I think, all right, there's there's some some concerns there, and I think you haven't really seen a second year leap so far from any of the guys they drafted on offense last year frustrating um frustrating to say the least um we'll go back over to, to something good here on offense the second year guys you know they may not have been as good as we hoped so far pair of rookie wide receivers though demario douglas we'll start with him he's kind of getting the marcus jones treatment here in the preseason where you're just not seeing a lot of them because he already earned his roster spot he has been fantastic in camp and uncoverable for a lot of new england's defensive backs I think we're just ready to see him in real games now. Um, he's quick. He's hard to bring down. He gets open. He's got good hands. And like we said back on draft day, the Patriots got to look at him in person at the Shrine Bowl, liked what they saw. His profile is that of uh, he's the, the bargain bin Zay Flowers. Same skill set, but you're going to find it on day three of the draft. Maybe not quite as athletic. I don't know if he has the game-breaking speed that Zay Flowers has. But the same general skill set, he can play in the slot. Uh, and that's an area in Bill O'Brien's offenses. They ask a lot of their slot guys in the middle of the field. You know, that's where you got the, the Edelman running that juke option route in the middle of the field. A lot of that is stuff that Bill O'Brien absolutely loves to do. Kendrick Bourne, I know, has looked good. He can do that. Juju Smith-Schuster can do that. But now you got a guy in a rookie deal who should also be able to do that, build chemistry with Mac Jones, build into the future, and Kayshawn Booty. He was kind of your your high risk, not even high risk, your low risk, high reward day three lottery pick. He's a guy who LSU didn't want back. He had questionable athletic testing because of an injury. You didn't really know what you were going to get from him. And so far, it seems like he's bought in the last couple of weeks. He's really put together some strong performances. And tonight, yeah, week three of the preseason, you know, a lot of guys are resting. Booty barely plays. What does that tell you? It tells you that they like what they're seeing from him. And he's probably safe on the roster. It looks like we're going to see six wide receivers on this roster on the first day of the, the season after cutdowns there. Um, obviously, we'll see what happens from there with Tyquan Thornton and his injury. Do they put him on IR at some point? We'll see. But both of these rookies have burned spots on the 53-man roster. And, uh, you know, it's for all the struggles New England has had with drafting wide receivers, they've had some good luck with these guys on day three. You look at David Giffens being a late pick, Julian Edelman being a late pick, Jacoby Myers being an undrafted guy. They found some good players there, and they may have done it yet again. So exciting stuff there. Exciting stuff and, and happy for those guys to be carving out a role on this team. Second down, can't get the ball out if you don't have an offensive line to protect. And it's the injuries 
right now that are so concerning. The offensive line was not great last year. I think a lot of a lot of that had to do with the coordination, but you know, right tackle was an issue. Connor McDermott played well at the end of last season. They bring him back. They signed two veteran options, Riley Reef, Calvin Anderson, two guys who started on their teams last season. And you know, and they're they're both, you know, relatively cheap options, but you're paying them significant money. Calvin Anderson's here for two years, and you expect them to play a role. Here we are, two weeks before the season starts. All three of those veterans are injured. Connor McDermott hasn't been practicing. Calvin Anderson has been on the NFI, non-football injury list, with some kind of an illness. He's been around the facility now, but we have no idea what his timeline is. And Riley Reef leaves tonight's game with an injury. So that's that's right tackle. That's the spot you were trying to fix from last season. The other four spots, you've seen guys miss time. On Wenu had surgery, and he is just now off the pup list. The surgery from last season, and he's just now starting to get back in. Cole Strange banged up early in camp. Hasn't really been out there since. David Andrews had been banged up, had been in and out, but he's he's been in there. And Trent Brown is now back in there, but he was slow to get eased into things. And that's, you know, I think those are the four spots on the left of the line, the four spots where you feel reasonably good about the players you have there. All four have turned into somewhat of a question mark at this point, and essentially every option at right tackle has turned into a question mark. Uh, City So has looked good at times, but he's had some bad, bad plays out there at right tackle. Um, Antonio Moffey has looked good at times at guard, but he looks like a rookie. But Jake Andrews at center looked pretty good tonight. And um, uh, Chase, Chase Hines, the second-year guy at LSU, actually had some really nice moments at guard tonight. That tackle spot, uh, I mean, you're looking at Bill Murray was playing out there, has played a lot of reps at tackle here in the preseason. He's not a guy you want to see doing that in the regular season. He's a practice squad guy. I don't think he's making the 53-man roster unless some of these injuries are long-term and really keeping people out. Um, and I, I feel good about where the offensive line could be by the, the middle of the season or a month into the season because guys are healthy and putting things together. But week one, you got a championship level defensive line coming into town. And I don't know if we know who's starting at any spots other than center and left tackle with David Andrews and Trent Brown right now. Everything else is a bit of a mystery. And that is highly, highly concerning in an offense that is probably going to be based a lot on timing. Limits your ability to stretch the field. Limits your ability to run the ball and get Ramondre Stevenson into situations that help him out. So put a lot of a lot of effort into changing the situation on the offensive line. And right now, I don't know if the results are going to be any better than they were last year. Obviously, I hope that changes, but it's that's going to be the storyline here for quite a bit. The up is that when the line has been able to block, it's looked a lot better. It's just competent and it feels good. Mac Jones looks confident. The receivers are probably the best they've been since you know early 2019 when things were firing on all cylinders. The best the receivers room, receiver room has been since then. You got three good veterans that you have to feel good about in Devontae Parker, Juju Smith-Schuster, Kendrick Bourne. You got two rookies who have lived up to or exceeded the expectations in camp. And Tyquan Thornton, still very much a question mark what he's going to be, but he's fast. They drafted him high. We'll see what he is when he's healthy. I like the way the pieces fit together. You got two tight ends who work well back, the compliments of Ezekiel Elliott. When the line can block for them, I'm confident this offense will be able to move the ball and score points at at least an average level, which is a step up from last year. But, you know, need them to actually protect. I feel good. I feel good about the rest of the the parts on the offense though and one last down here this is a it wasn't as bad tonight but the interior run defense against green bay i think was concerning devon godshaw got turned around a bunch lauren sky looked fine carl davis looked fine at best he played a lot tonight against the titans where they go with roster spots on this defensive line i think is a very very interesting question um, they brought in some options. Now, claimed the guy McCall off waivers from the Panthers, the nose tackle. He didn't pass his his physical, so he's not going to be part of it. But they've been looking here for some run defenders on the inside. I think they think that's a spot they can improve. And again, you know, week one, you got the Eagles coming into town. Both the Dolphins and the Bills have talked about how they want to run the football better this season. 
Um, and, you know, you, you face a Saints team and a, a Cowboys team early in the season that will want to run the ball on you. So you don't want that to be a weakness. You don't have to be great at it, but you can't be bad at it and play with some of these teams because they will you know, control the clock on you and make life really difficult. So it's kind of an area for improvement here in the coming weeks. We'll see how they do it. Next, I'm going to go through all the roster spots real quick, look at where I think the players stand right now, highs, lows, all that stuff. Before I go through all of that, quick word from our sponsor. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash Boston. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Restrictions apply. Max bonus $50 unless specified otherwise. See terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Welcome back, everybody, to the Patriot Nation podcast. Once again, Matt St. Jean here. Pat Lane, not with us tonight. He'll be back later this week, though, talking about Patriots wrapping up the preseason tonight. Let's go through all the positions here. Now that we've been through the full training camp and preseason, we've seen everything we're going to see publicly. So let's evaluate some of the stuff here. And uh, we got we got a vote Simba in the chat saying, how was Malik? We'll start with the quarterback position here right off the top. First, I think Mac Jones uh, in his limited reps in preseason games looked fantastic, has outplayed Zappy by quite a bit in training camp in joint practices. He has looked a lot better. This is this is Mac Jones's job. Bailey Zappi, I think, has looked fine, but he's looked like a backup. He missed a lot of passes tonight. The coaches clearly weren't totally thrilled with him sending him back out there. I think if you're getting sent back into a game in the preseason, that's never a great sign. Uh, it does mean the coaches think you can do better. They want to see you do better, but also it means you're not doing quite well enough. So Zappi was um, he was he was. He's not, he's not going to get cut. He's going to be on this roster. He's, he's an NFL backup. That's what he is. He's the kind of guy who can, you can win with, uh, but you're not going to win because of at least at this point in his career. We'll see how that changes as he develops. Bill O'Brien's a great coach. Hopefully can coach him up into something more. Trace McSorley, I don't think, is going to be in this organization for too much longer. The big question is Malik Cunningham. Uh he wasn't quite able to follow up his preseason debut tonight with something quite as good. Obviously, very limited reps at quarterback for Cunningham, and they're clearly still trying to find a spot for him. He looks very raw at every position he's playing right now, um, and I don't think he's going to end up making this roster. I like the upside. He looks coachable. He's very willing to do whatever it is that they're asking him for asking him to do. They got him at like five positions out there right now. He's a great athlete and a very smart player. It's just, you know, he's learned trying to learn a lot in a short amount of time right now. I don't think they're gonna have an issue getting him to the practice squad if they'd like to keep him around. Uh right now, he is a quarterback convert to wide receiver who plays some special teams, but who also might still play quarterback. And I don't think teams are keeping a 53rd spot on the roster on cut down day in case a guy like that comes across it. I'll make it to the practice squad. We probably don't see him again until next preseason is my guess. And I'm curious to see, you know, what happens behind closed doors in that time span. Uh, But, you know, fun to watch when he's playing well. And uh, again, he seems like a great teammate. All the guys love him. He's putting in the work. So I'd like to see him stay in the organization there. 
go down to, to running back. This is a position where I think there's a lot of question marks still, even with everything that we've seen. Ramondre Stevenson, Ezekiel Elliott, those are your top two backs. What happens after that? Ty Montgomery's been hurt. He came back to practice this week, but was out of the game tonight. Was he out because he's a roster lock? He's making the roster and they don't need to see anything from him, or is he out because he's still hurt? I think that's that's a big question, not being ready for the game. Um, J.J. Taylor has arguably been their best preseason performer here, and yet he's a practice squad guy through and through. He may have had a mistake there with a punt near the end of the game, running back into his own end zone. Uh, I don't think he's a guy that makes the 53-man roster, even though he arguably has been your best performing back throughout the preseason. And then Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong. Um, Harris has looked has looked fine. Um, you know, he hits the hole hard, the lower shoulder into guys. Seems like the kind of guy who's going to get you, yeah, three or four yards straight forward every time he touches the ball. I think he's a guy you can keep on the practice squad if you want to. Pierre Strong is the most athletic of the group, the best special teamer of the group, and a guy who's playing deep into the fourth quarter of your last preseason game, who has been hurt. I don't think that's a great sign for him. The fact that they've tried to get him so involved on special teams is probably not a great sign for what they think of him as a receiver, but also he caught that screen pass tonight. He's juking guys and making yards happen. I think that was really good. I thought he had some really good plays tonight. As of right now, I think I'd have four guys on the roster. I'd have Stevenson. I would have Elliott. I'd have Montgomery. And I'd have Strong. But seeing Kevin Harris take either one of those spots wouldn't shock me. Seeing them keep only three running backs would not shock me. Um, so, yeah, interesting, interesting position. And I think that we have just as many questions now as we did three, four weeks ago there. Um, tight end. Hunter Henry, Mike Kosicki is another position where the top two guys are set. Kosicki is rumored to be back for week one. Uh, he's banged up right now, but he should be back. The depth behind them, I think there is a spot for a third tight end to make this roster. I don't know if anybody earned it. Uh, Matt Sokol has had some good blocking reps out there, but I dropped past tonight. Ferkser is a guy they brought in later in camp. He was available. He could do a lot of stuff, but he isn't exceptional at any of it. I think he's just a guy out there. And then you know, Scotty Washington was on the practice squad last year. He's serviceable. Johnny Lumpkin, an undrafted free agent. We didn't see a whole lot from him. So I think this is a position where it's probably just two guys in the 53-man roster. You could put a couple of guys on the practice squad if you want and call them up for when you need an extra tight end. But with the offensive line issues, this is a spot I wonder if they look elsewhere to add a blocking tight end from somewhere to help them out. We'll see if they decide to go that route. With what they have now, I'm keeping just two tight ends. It's also easier to keep two tight ends when you're keeping six receivers. Talked about it before. I like all six guys at this spot. I'm still a Tyquan Thornton believer when he is healthy. I think he can really stretch the field and impact the defense. Um, I hope he can get back on the field soon. The injury he has is rumored to be week to week. What that means, whether he'll be available week one, I have no idea. But for the initial 53-man roster, remember, you can't if you put somebody on injured reserve before the cutdowns, they are done for the year. So if Tyquan Thornton is not on the initial 53-man roster, it either is because he got traded or he got put on IR and he's done for the year. I don't think either of those happens. I think the worst case for him right now is he makes the roster and immediately goes to injured reserve. We see him in a month. Uh, I think that would be really tough for him. I think he's going to come back probably last on the depth chart and really fighting for playing time if that's the case. But, you know, possibly hitting on two day three receivers here helps balance that out. I like the wide receiver group overall right now. I think Kendrick Bourne has played very well and seems a lot more confident. He can be an X factor for this group. Feel good there. Fabric Pitts, I'll also add, I like as a practice squad guy. He was a six-year player at Delaware. He's he's big. He's strong. He's a, a good practice squad and backup X receiver. I think he had some flashes here in the preseason. I don't think he's ever going to be a guy you put on the 53-man roster. But filling out the scout team, I thought he, he looked pretty good tonight. So I'll give him a shout-out there. Offensive line. Talked about it earlier in the show. It's a mess right now. Uh, we don't know what this is going to look like week one. I think he got good parts, but a lot of the parts are broken, and we have no idea how they're going to fit together 
now or when you repair all of them. Uh, Riley Reeves' injury is going to be a big thing looming over this team right now because uh, I don't think there's a world in which they don't, didn't expect him to be starting either at guard or at tackle. I think they need him there. City so, Antonio Malfi, they're trying hard out there. They're working hard. They're putting good reps on tape. I don't think you can count on them starting for long periods of time or against really good players right now. They're not at that point. I like the developmental curve on them. I like where they could be by the end of the season. I don't think they're there yet. Um, and I put two in a tough spot. Uh, again, Cole Strange rumored to be back for week one. Michael Alwene maybe not still working his way into shape. Um, and this is also complicated by your contract situation. You know, you got, you got three rookies who you drafted. They're all going to be on there. So that's three spots for offensive line. Trent Brown is going to be there. Cole Strange is going to be there. David Andrews is going to be there. And you really can't cut Riley Reef with his contract. So that's eight offensive linemen already. And then a lot of those guys are hurt. Who do you keep? Connor McDermott, but he's hurt right now. Calvin Anderson, he's not even in an active roster spot right now. He's still on NFI. He's not a guy who I think we're going to see um, soon, at least for, for everything we've heard. Gives you a couple extra roster spots. What are you going to do with them? How are you going to use them? Do you see some a guy like Riley Reef making the roster and going on IR, depending on the severity of his injury? You call somebody else up or you make a trade. I think that's um, – a big question right now, we look at uh, Josh Jones from Arizona who just got traded. I think he's a guy, uh, if, if the Riley Reef injury had happened last week, I think you'd feel you'd be a little bit more aggressive in trading for a guy like that. Instead, he goes elsewhere to Houston, a team that, as we just saw, needed some tackle help. I, I feel like you want to bring in somebody from outside the building, but there's a lot of NFL teams right now looking for a tackle. And it's hard to find these guys. It's hard to find good offensive linemen right now. So thank you. I think yeah, I think you have five good players you can put out there when they're healthy, and I feel good about it. I don't know who is going to be healthy right now. And, again, I think we're going to have to monitor this day by day, week by week, potentially for the whole season. We'll see what happens. Big test for Adrian Clump. This is where he's going he's gonna to earn his money right away because he's going to have to be coaching up some mediocre players to play significant minutes i think here significant snaps against good teams early in the season and uh he can make it make himself some money if he's you know able to actually do that job well but we're throw he's getting thrown into the fire right away going over to the defensive side of the ball but staying on the the line of scrimmage there, the defensive line uh, i like what i've seen for some of the guys there christian barmore i think has looked pretty good here in preseason, he looks better against the run than he did as a rookie. He looks more disciplined, excited to see what they get out of him. Obviously, Keon White, Dietrich-wise, the guy who's been a really solid player for this team for a while now. Devon Godchaw is going to be on the roster, but he was a little bit shaky. Carl Davis played a lot tonight. I don't feel good about his odds of making the roster right now. Uh, Lawrence Guy, a guy who was in a holdout for a contract, I don't think he played tonight. I don't know what that's going to mean for him. That usually means he's a roster lock, but he's a guy people have been saying could be a surprise cut here. He also had some some good and some bad moments against Green Bay. So uh, they could opt to go for some younger options on the defensive line. Uh, Daniel Aquale has looked pretty good for them. Sam Roberts, he's had, you know, he had his bad moments with some really bad penalties, but he made some splash plays out there, even as a run defender. Jeremiah Farms, I think, has some real good moments as a run defender. Justice Tafai is a guy who I think could hang around on the uh, the practice squad. And you know, like I mentioned before, they've looked outside the roster too. So this is a position where you could go all chalk with all the veterans, or you could see a real shakeup on cut down day. And I don't think it would surprise anyone. Um, that's definitely a situation to monitor. Uh, one spot where I think you feel a lot more solid outside linebacker. Matt Judon, uh, you know, you know what you're getting from him. Um, Lawrence, uh, not Lawrence Guy, um, Josh Uche, Anthony Jennings, both very solid players. Uche, really good pass rusher, looked better, I think, as a run defender in the preseason. Anthony Jennings, a really good run defender, looked better as a pass rusher here. I, I feel good about where those guys are on the edge. Chris Board, I think, technically an outside linebacker, is a good special teamer. And uh, Ronnie Perkins. Had some moments. I'll give him a shout out. Uh, threw up on the field might be the most memorable thing that happened tonight. But he had some really good plays out there. A third year guy. I think it's a little bit 
too little too late for him to make the roster, but it might be good enough to you know, keep him around in New England on the practice squad or give him a shot somewhere else. I mean, he was a third rounder two years ago, three years ago. So it's the kind of guy who could get picked up because somebody liked them and they're going to see what they can get out of him. Wish him the best if that's what happens. Uh, we got non-elites in the chat over here asking, could White take Guy's spot? It's a good question. Uh, Keon White, I think, had some up and down moments. He's a run defender in college. He had some balance issues. Wasn't always able to anchor as well as you you hope. But he looked good there in the preseason from what we saw. I don't think he's quite ready to take Lawrence Guy's spot. I think if somebody does, it would be somebody like a Sam Roberts, somebody who's a little bit bigger, a little bit more anchor in the middle. But what Keon White can do, what Dietrich Wise can do, I think, plays into the bigger picture of what you're going to do on the defensive line. You know, you think Keon White can take some of Lawrence Guy's snaps, and you think Sam Roberts can take some of Lawrence Guy's snaps. That's what might factor into cutting him and going for a cheaper option. So we shall see. But, you know, not playing tonight, it's usually a good sign for him being a roster lock. So I don't know how to read that whole situation. I think we're just going to have to wait and see. Moving off the line of scrimmage here, out uh, inside linebacker, uh, Jawan Bentley, Jelani Tavai, two rock-solid players there. As run defenders, feel good about him. Marty Mapu, we've seen linebacker and safety. I feel good about him. Mac Wilson has been Mac Wilson. Uh, he's a very aggressive player, and it has its good and its bad moments. Uh, he picks his spots, and he goes, he goes at it full speed. And when he's right, he'll blow up plays. When he's wrong, he can really play himself out of the formation. Last year, he you know rode the bench down at the end of the season. They bring him back this year. I don't think he's looked bad in the preseason. I think he's looked very much like the same kind of player. And I think he and Calvin Munson here may be in a competition for one spot. And it's going to depend on what it is that Bill Belichick's looking for there. Could they keep both? Yeah. Both guys play special teams. Munson's a little bit more of a, I think, a little bit better of a run defender, um, better, much better as a special teamer. The other thing that makes it hard for Mac Wilson is there's a lot of overlap between Wilson and Marty Mappu in what the two of them do. So it's uh, Wilson's in a tough spot. I wouldn't be surprised to see him cut. I've seen him in rosters. I've seen him out. I would have him as maybe like the first guy off the roster as things stand right now. So it's uh, it's a close situation for him. We'll see what happens there. I'm very intrigued about that, about that situation. Because um, I think that's also going to tell us how Belichick feels about some of these other guys on the roster. They also brought on some other inside linebackers, you know, Diego Fago, uh, Giles Harris, Carson Wells. I think a lot of those linebackers actually looked pretty good in the minutes that they got, but they're their practice squad guys, potentially, maybe we see one of those guys. Giles Harris is a, a special teams guy who might stick around. He was with the Bills. Um, we'll see. We'll see where they go with that. But I have Calvin Munson over Matt Wilson at the moment. That's where I'm going to land on that one. I think I think Munson has done enough. Corner, top five are, are locked in here, and I think have been basically since this roster got announced. Christian Gonzalez is going to be your number one. Jonathan Jones, probably your second best corner, and uh, Wynn Howell. Like, he hasn't practiced in a while, so that's something to monitor. He's an excellent player uh, and a huge part of this defense. He can play inside or outside. He's got great versatility. Jack Jones can be a real playmaker on defense, and I think that plays well off of those other guys. I think Gonzalez and Jonathan Jones are really good lockdown corners, and Jack Jones gives you that upside where he might get targeted a lot, but he's going to turn those targets into good plays for your defense. Marcus Jones, still crazy athletic, a guy we haven't seen in the preseason. Uh, really interesting there. I don't know why that is, but he's a guy who, you know, he can he has the quickness to play inside the ball skills and the awareness to play on the outside. He doesn't have the size, but against smaller receivers, he can be an outside corner. Miles Bryant, he's I think he's as good of a, a fifth corner as there exists in the NFL at this moment. You know, he's He's a serviceable backup as a slot corner. He's a serviceable backup as a safety. He can do a lot for you there. He's a core special seamer. He is going to be on this roster. The other guy at corner I'm looking at here uh, is the rookie, Amir Speed. Um, really good athlete and immediately got put into some of the more important positions on special teams, including being the personal protector. That's the role to kind of be the last line of defense in front of the punter. And a you know guy who's calling the snap on your punts and things like that. 
I think they like him a lot. I think he's going to stick around the roster because of that. And, you know, Cody Davis is a name we haven't really talked about. He's on the, the pup list right now. He's not around. And Amir Speed's the guy who fills that role. I think he and Brendan Schooler are, are going to be key parts of special teams this year. So I like what they're getting out of him. Safety, I know we got uh, Joshua Littlejohn here asking, who played best at free safety? I, who played best? I'm not sure. I think it's a tough question because we didn't see the starters out there all that much. And when they played Green Bay, Green Bay didn't really test the free safeties. So it was kind of hard to tell how those guys looked. But we saw Kyle Ducker going all the way back there. We saw Adrian Phillips going all the way back there. We saw Peppers at points. We saw Jalen Mills playing some deep deep half safety. We saw Miles Bryant get extensive reps at single high safety in the first preseason game. I don't know who the best is. I think they're going to go with um, a lot of Adrian Phillips and some Kyle Duggar. I think they're going to have – they'll play Duggar back at points, but I think they're going to want Duggar near the line of scrimmage, either in run situations where he can be a real home wrecker or uh, in third downs, areas where he can roam the middle of the field around wherever that first down marker is and try to wreak havoc. That's where I think he's at his best, and that's where they're going to make sure Phillips is the deep guy. Um, Mills is a guy who I like his skill set in theory as a deep safety, but he has such good instincts against the run. I think you want him up closer to the line of scrimmage too. And like we said, they're going to spin the dial. They're going to play that rotation and play a lot of guys back there. But I think Adrian Phillips will probably end up as your primary free safety as things stand at the moment, which I feel pretty good about. And I like all the safeties. Josh Bledsoe is another guy at safety. He's played a ton in the preseason. I haven't been particularly impressed. I don't think he's a bad player, but I don't think he's 53-man roster material, especially with the guys ahead of him. Um, he hits hard. He's got some good size, but he's, I don't know. I mean, he's not done all these asks about Marty Mapu in the safety spot. I think Ma I like Mapu in the safety spot better than I like Josh Bledsoe at this point. And Mapu is interesting because reportedly they had him put on some weight here to play in the NFL. That tells you he's going to play around the line of scrimmage. He was lining up at deep safety points tonight. And that, I mean, you got a guy who can play and hit like a linebacker, but be deep enough and really play free safety. They might have, I mean, they, they got a lot of guys like that right now. Duggar, Phillips, Peppers, Mapu, who can all do that. Makes you versatile. I don't think you want Mapu back there full time. I think he's too good around the line of scrimmage to keep him there full time. But I don't mind him being back there when you're trying to disguise things. Um, and I think the more he plays in the NFL, the more comfortable he gets with stuff. He might get more comfortable in that spot. He might act better at being a safety than being in the box. Uh, and maybe he does end up being a part of that long-term picture there at safety. We'll see. I like that. Um, and the question to Joshua Littlejohn, do you think that Bolden can play center goal coverage? Isaiah Bolden. That I'm not sure about. Uh, I think they've mostly played him on the outside. I think potentially, um, obviously the injury situation with his concussion, I, I think everything's kind of on hold with his development at the moment. And I don't think he's going to make the roster. I think that injury is going to really hurt him, his odds there. But if he stays there, he has the athletic traits to do it, I think. Um, I still think you'd rather see him on the outside, but I think he can play deep zones and he can play – not center field, but deep stuff in cover two. He can play half of the field deep or a third of the field deep, and that'll help out with some of the other guys. And that's something they even asked Christian Gonzalez to do. I don't think I don't think Christian Gonzalez is going to be your deep free safety either, but he has the athletic traits. Uh, we've seen them draft a corner high and have him convert to free safety eventually. And I don't know if Christian Gonzalez is going to end up doing that at some point. He has the he has the traits to do it. Uh, nerd boss with a question traded for Buda Baker and an offensive tackle. I love Buda Baker. I think he's a fantastic player. Dude, the issue is you, we just talked about what five different safeties who have the same skill set as Baker. I don't think he's worth giving up something to get because I don't know if he actually improves your team as much as I like him, unless you're going to put six safeties out there at the same time, which Bill Belichick may absolutely love that idea. Um, I just don't think he has a spot an offensive tackle. Yeah. If there's somebody available, um, I think you have to make a move. You have to look for somebody. I think you're kind of waiting on Riley Reef status and Calvin Anderson status. Uh, and obviously the team knows more than us there. So if they make a move, that's probably because they don't think they're getting too many contributions from those two guys this year. Um, if they don't make a move, it might mean that they think, you know, Anderson's going to be back on the sooner side. Reef's going to be back on the sooner side. 
They like what they're seeing out of City So in his development. So we'll see. I think you have to at least explore the offensive tackle trade market. I'd be shocked if they hadn't already. And again, you look at the guy that the Texans traded for from Arizona, Josh Jones. Texans, you know, haven't been a haven't been a good team. And that means if they offer a fifth round pick and the Patriots offer a fifth round pick, well, they're going to take the Texans offer because that pick's going to be higher. It means the Pats have to go to a fourth round pick to answer that. I don't know if I'm giving up giving up a fourth round pick in a scenario like that. It's it's one of the, the situations that makes it tough for New England. Um for, for offensive tackles that could be available, Jonah Williams is really the only one that comes to mind at the moment. Uh, I was looking at some of the, the top free agents available right now at offensive tackle. The list includes Taylor Lewan from Tennessee, who I believe is actually retiring, and it had Marcus Cannon in the top five available option. I think that tells you a lot about what there actually is out there. Patriots aren't the only team, you know, scrounging around for scraps at the position right now. And uh, another question from Josh, can the Patriots actually get Denzel Mims off waivers? I don't know. Uh, I, am, I am a big Denzel Mims fan, have been for a while, but the reports out of Detroit about him did not sound very good. Um, and I, I just, I don't think he's going to end up coming to New England after that. I don't know if he adds anything to the room. And I mean, you look at the receiver room right now. You got five guys that you feel really good about, plus whatever you're getting out of Tyquan Thornton. You don't have roster spots for, for more guys after that. Uh, it's just not not going to happen. So um, I like Mims as a talent. Maybe as a practice squad guy, they like bringing in you know, former first-rounders to fill out the practice squad, kick the tires, see what they have. But I don't think you're going to see more investment than that from the Patriots. Uh, and rounding, rounding out the, the roster, it didn't get to the kicker and punter here, but uh, we talked about, on the last episode, could there be a, a two kicker thing here after tonight? I don't think that's happening. Shadow Island looked good. He booms kickoffs. He looked good. You know, it's a low and extra point that he got. I think we're going to see Ryland single-handedly take this job. Nick Folk will go elsewhere. I don't think you can keep him on the practice squad. I think that makes it tough um, because there's too many teams out there that need kickers. Somebody would grab him. So I think Folk probably goes and, and Bryce Barringer is Fantastic. I mean, that dude can kick the ball out of the stadium. So makes me feel a little bit better about the kicking game for next year. Um, and yeah, I feel good about those two. Folk could stick around, but I really doubt it. I think you're just going to see the two rookies plus um, number 49 there, Joe Cardona at long snapper. I think that's going to be how that ends up. Not only it says trade Folk, I think that's absolutely a possibility. Um, we'll see, you know, what the offers look like and we got a deadline coming up rapidly. So sometimes that, that makes the trades happen faster. A team says, hey, I, I want this guy. I don't want to have to wait through waivers. I want him now. Sometimes teams say, hey, we know we can get a kicker in 24 hours. Once you cut this guy, why would we trade for him? That's going to be all based on how the market develops. But if you can trade folk and get even a seventh round pick back, I think that you take anything you can get at this point. So that's where the roster stands right now. Cutdowns are due Tuesday at four o'clock. So that's where we'll find out. Um, and then, you know, there's going to be changes from there. Guys who were injured who may end up on the injured reserve after that point. Guys like Calvin Anderson who may get um, activated from the, the non-football injury list. Um, stuff like that. Uh, one more question from Joshua Littlejohn. Is there a player you would like to see signed after roster cut down? If so, what position? I love the question. Far, far, far too soon to, to really know on that question. We're going to have to see who uh, who actually gets cut before knowing there. Um, yeah, that's what we'll, we'll have a show for you at some point next week. So I'm having, I'm having some camera issues over here. We'll have a show for you at some point next week where we'll be able to give you a better answer there. Um, I'm sure they're going to be looking at somebody. We'll, we'll see what happens, and we're going to wrap up the way that um, the way that we always do here with a, with a little trivia time. So for those who for those who don't know the drill, um, every episode we end with a trivia question. If you're the first person to answer it correctly in the chat, you get. Uh, entered into a drawing to win something from the pro shop. I think we're going to do our first drawing probably at the bye week. Last week's question, our last episode's question was, 
Who leads the Patriots in all-purpose yards? That's receiving, rushing, kick return, and punt return all combined. The answer, Kevin Falk, 12,339 yards. Congrats to Jared Goyette for getting that one. Tonight's question, answer this in the live chat or you can watch this after the fact in the YouTube comments or tweet at uh, either myself or Pat Lane with what you think the answer is. Tonight's question, which Patriot holds the team record for most consecutive receptions made for touchdowns? That's yeah, consecutive catches where every single one of them was a touchdown. I think somebody's going to be able to get that, but. Uh, we'll keep this going, see if somebody can get it in the chat. Well, I do. We're going to be back at some point next week with uh, a show after the the cutdowns are made. Pat and I will be here talking about and, and breaking down whatever that final roster looks like. We have some, some guests we're hoping to come on here in the coming weeks. I think we're going to do an episode talking about the, the defense, breaking down what the defense looks like. We're going to do an episode talking about the offense, how this offense looks, how they're going to scheme things up. Except uh, some exciting guests, I think, for both of those shows who you guys are going to like. You're going to want to stick around for that. This is the last Patriots action until September 10th. And, you know, it's a 425 game with the CBSA crew at Gillette Stadium and a brand new uh, brand new scoreboard breaking that in. I'm very excited for it. I can't wait for, you know, real football games that matter. And, you know, a couple hours on the couch watching red zone before that settling into the season seeing all the wild wild stuff that happens um excited for that one keep the guests coming in the chat people so that's our schedule in the coming weeks make sure you you know follow follow clns on on twitter follow myself and pat on twitter and subscribe to this on youtube get this wherever you're listening to it in your feed um and yeah stick around because we've got a great season uh ahead of us for Pat, I am Matt St. Jean, and we should be back on Tuesday. Thanks for listening.